Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so Welcome much. Welcome to the podcast. I'm still going to say Happy New Year, Emily. As we've said before, it's the middle of January and I can still say it. Happy New Year to everyone listening. I hope it's a great, great 2023 so far. How's yours going? It's fine. <laughs> How's dry January? It's going strong. I'm still doing, I, you know, I like this time. Like, I'm an all or nothing kind of a person. Give me a hard rule to follow. I'm in. I was about to say, you and I are very good with hard rules. Yeah. And uh, hard deadlines. That's how we operate. Yep. Choices and like, oh, make, like have one drink versus four. That That is my hard part. And so I'm enjoying the freedom right now. The word this says, make healthy choices. Mm-hmm. Like what is a healthy choice? I don't know Literally don't know what that means. No idea. Um, well, I think healthy choices are watching more television. Exactly. <laughs> I haven't really jumped into my New Year's resolution yet because you were traveling. A bit. I was traveling a bit the first part of January. And so fortunately, I picked a New Year's resolution that did not have to start on January 1st sure. or 2nd, which yeah. I am pleased with because it's very hard to start something at the very beginning of it January. Is. It's hard to get going. Um, well, the show we're talking about today is, or that we're releasing today, is As We See It. It's a conversation with Jason Kadams and Sue Ann Pien. Um, as we see it was on prime video. I will like to start this whole thing out. Something that was not true when they recorded it, but the show was not picked up slash was canceled. So it is a one season wonder Mm -hmm. and it is wonderful. Truly. I fully, fully agree with you on that. It was definitely a bright spot and I feel that there's no one to blame fully. I guess there are people to blame, but I mean, the hardest part about, as we talk about with so many shows is that I think things just, it takes a while for people to find them. Mm-hmm. And my hope is that people still find this show because it is a beautiful first season. It just didn't, people didn't find it in time for it to get a season two pickup. Yep. And I do think, I mean, we all, everyone knows that follows us in any way that we are big fans of Jason Kadams from Parenthood and Friday Night Lights and everything in between. And this was the closest thing he's done in a while for me that is like the parenthood feel. Like it's more of a found family. But um, the representation in the show definitely of autism, but just of a different life that I haven't seen in a while. It's adults with autism living in a home with in – in an apartment together with – you know, I don't know what the correct title for Sosie Bacon's character is um, – but it's basically someone that's looking out for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this found family that shows all of them with different challenges and different stages of life and different needs and different wants. It's just really beautiful and sad. I cried a lot because it's Jason Kadams. But well, and it's great because the three lead actors all mm-hmm. have some sort of autism. autism. They yes. fall somewhere on the spectrum. Yes. And a beautiful way of that they did a wonderful job of casting these amazing actors mm-hmm. um Suhan is awesome oh she's so, she's great. so great to give oh, I hate the buzzword authenticity but we're just going to use it right mm-hmm. now but it makes the characters even that more authentic because Jason has a history with autism in his family mm-hmm. and knows it very well he even started the storytelling of it with max on parenthood so it's kind of an evolution for him too, his real life to having a story in parenthood to now having a show that was all about it in a variety of different ways it's just really like 
complex. It's not complicated, but it is complex and detailed and character driven. And it's very easy to watch. I will admit I did it all in a weekend or a day. I can't really remember. Um, I believe they're half hour episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really worth your time. Um, I am excited and hopefully we see Sue Ann doing more and see obviously whatever comes from Jason next. And I hope this doesn't keep him from, I don't think it will, but doing these personal kind of quieter stories Mm -hmm. um, that I was just really proud that we were able to. We had Jason at the festival for Parenthood and this was something he asked for, but we would have offered anyway. Um, To be able to do a micro combo with them at the festival is something that I'm really proud we got to do and, and got Sue Ann here. And it's moderated by Michael Schneider at Variety. I was almost going to add about the show mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way that, I mean, obviously we did this conversation about the show. So it's a little bit of a plug that you should still go watch it. But it's also really funny. And the thing that I love the most about it is that you have these characters that you're just purely rooting for. Yeah. You're just, it's There's so no nice. villain. No, and they're <laughs> yeah. so nice to have a show where you're genuinely rooting for people. They're obviously great flawed characters because Kadams writes amazing well-rounded characters across the board but you're just really rooting for these characters to succeed in life and get what they want and just find joy and it's so nice to watch a show where you're like I just want all these people to succeed and feel like they're cheering squad I totally agree so you should all listen to this and then you'll hear why and either go rewatch it Mm-hmm. Maybe, I don't know, somebody else picks it up. But um, let's have a little like spike in the Prime Video viewing. But either rewatch it or watch it for the first time. Um, but enjoy this conversation with Jason Kadams and Sue Ann Pien on As We See It. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, I'm Michael Schneider, TV editor at Variety. And so great to sit down with these two to talk about As We See It, uh, which is such a special show. And, and one of those shows where you sort of say, it's kind of the show we need right now, mm-hmm. so it's so nice to have in our lives. So, of course, Jason Kadams, <laughs> you are familiar with Mr. Kadams' work. Uh, showrunner, writer, executive producer of As We See It, and Sue Ann Pien as Violet on the show. So, so fantastic as well. By the way, her first time in uh, Austin as well. <laughs> already eating the food and uh, did karaoke last night, so you're you're already in it. So I love it here. <laughs> She's moving. So um, well, uh, again, to both of you, congrats on, on the show. Um, I guess to begin with, uh, you know, Jason, it is sort of serendipitous since you had the Parenthood reunion last night, yeah. and in, in some ways, this show kind of came out of wanting to tell. A story in a different way than you did on Parenthood. Yes. Uh, and and so kind of take it from there for folks yeah. who aren't familiar with sort of the process and in, in yeah. seeing the Israeli show and, and yes. realizing you wanted to tell this story. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think there's two. Well, you know, there's two things that are I think that that have evolved from the, you know you 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 know you're right. Like we were doing. It's so weird. We did the Parenthood panel last night, and now we're here talking about this show. And there's a direct link between those two shows. Um, you know, um, one thing that I really want to do, you know, in Parenthood, we told the story of a, of a boy who is on the spectrum, and it's a story that's very close to me. As a, you know, I have a son who's on the spectrum, and, and Parenthood very much reflected that in an almost autobiographical way. And um, when it 
came, came to, you know, as we see it a few years ago, you know, my son was now a young man and he was starting to be, he was almost, becoming almost the age of the characters who are, we were, or, who are in the show. And I started, I started, the show started for me not thinking about doing a show about it, but just kind of like looking at my son, thinking about his future and wondering what that was going to look like and realizing that, you know, there's much less that we see, hear, read about adulthood on the spectrum, um, you know, as we did with, with, uh, with childhood and adolescence. And uh, it was something that, it was a subject that was really interesting to me and something that was, I was just thinking about a lot for personal reasons. Then I saw, as you mentioned, the Israeli show, the beautiful <clears throat> Israeli show called On the Spectrum. And that was my light bulb moment when I saw that. I was like, this is the story I need to tell. And um, so the, that was one thing that was different, was exploring adulthood as opposed to childhood. Um, and the other thing was to, I wanted to tell the story as authentically as possible, and that started with casting the show authentically. And the first thing that I did when, I, when the pilot got greenlit was I called Cammie Patton, who's our casting director, and said, I want to cast the three leads authentically. How do we, how do, we do that? And that started the process of um, how we made the show. And it started with casting, but it was really everywhere throughout the show. I felt like a deep response, sense of <clears throat> responsibility if I was going to tell the story to get it right or as right as I could, as right as possible. And um, so it was in all aspects of production. We had neurodiversity you know, in the writer's room, in the editing room, uh, on the set, in the production office. And it really became part of the, um, the gestalt of the, 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 what the, the culture of the show was. Yeah, and it came down to, you, like you mentioned, casting and, and wanting a neurodiverse cast. Uh, I believe Sue Ann was the first person you looked at, or one of the first persons. Yeah, so when we, so when we um, I called Cami. this was now in 2019, so it was a few years ago. So. Authentic casting has come a long way over this three years. At, at the time, it was a little bit more, I would say, revolutionary than it is now. Um, and I didn't know what the talent pool was for um, you know, you know, actors on, on the spectrum. I really didn't know. Neither did Cammie. And she said she was very excited about the idea of it. And put it out, and she put it out into the world, both in traditional going to agencies and untraditional ways of going to organizations throughout the country and looking for uh, um, people. And I was expecting a long search for some reason. I was like, it was I'd never done this before, um, and I didn't know how long it would take. And it was in very short order that Cami sent me a. Um, an email um, with a casting, with, a, with an audition. And it was like, that usually doesn't happen with casting directors. They like to get their ducks in a row. They like to, you know, get a lot of, you know, see, get the whole pool of people and then send their selects to you. But in this case, she was so excited. She was like, I have to show you this one audition. It was Sue Ann's audition for the role. And um, it was... Um, she did this, uh, you know, the scene that um, 
that got me was the scene from the pilot where she has this scene where she gets angry at her brother and she sort of breaks down and she says, you know, she talks about um, when he says you're not normal to her and she, her response to that. And it was so moving in the a self-tape audition that I, that I got that I was like, I was, you know, in tears watching it within 30 seconds of watching it. Yeah, you know? yeah. That must have been like a eureka moment. It was like, a eureka oh, moment. We're on to something here. It so. was a eureka moment. And then, and I was like, wow, this is going to work. And then we found Rick and Albert and the rest of, you know, um, the, the, our, you know, our other two incredible leads. Um, but not only them. I mean, we found, there were like, I, I think we, we found all these incredible actors we narrowed it down to about 10 or 11, and we brought them out to, the, all of them out to Los Angeles to read for the, you know, together. You know, we put them in pairs, in, in, in um, groups of three. And, um, you know, because I wanted to see, it wasn't only about each individual actor, it was about the sort of like, the, the chemistry um, of, all, and of, 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 of how they would be together. And then at some point, Though you know Albert and Rick and Sue Ann were together, and it was kind of in my office in Santa Monica, and we set it up like we had a couch. We sort of set it up like a living room, so that they could just act, not feel like they are auditioning, auditioning more like they could feel like they were acting and doing the scenes. And we kept different, you know, putting different groups together. And when the three of them read together, I was like, it was just such a beautiful moment. It was just like you can felt the sort of this kind of alchemy, um, because it was also so important that these three people were not the same, you know? It was like called the spectrum. It, you know, it had to be, you know, I wanted it to feel like these people rep were coming with all different gifts and charms and challenges and idiosyncrasies. And it was just such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, it's just even sitting there, you know, doing it in my office and then then we got to actually you know when we actually made the show it just continued to grow from there well Sue Ann kind of tell us about the the origin story for you how did you first find out about this project uh, what do you remember about doing that first self-tape oh my god oh my gosh yeah this is uh, this is extraordinary <laughs> just being here um, well, you know, I, uh, uh, I had a friend, I had a best friend, and um, she, when she first had her son, um, and they found out he was autistic, she was devastated. And so I tried to, I, I was trying to um, comfort her, and I said, well, you know, I have what is formerly known as Asperger's. That, that didn't comfort her much, but years, fast forward, <laughs> years later, you know, this, <laughs> this breakdown came out, and I think she wrote the most beautiful pitch letter ever um, to the casting director, Cammie Patton, and it got me the audition. And I just remember, as soon as I started to read um, this character, I, I knew something magical was happening that was beyond me, and finally it was like, this is why I've been acting all my life. So I could play a role like this, so all of it could come full circle. Because, you know, for someone like me, I'm like, if I'm on set acting, I'm like pretending to be someone else constantly, even in real life, right? That's how I can get around in the world. So there's not a lot of places in the entertainment industry that I could just really bring so much of who I really am. And, um, and Violet was that role. It was like, you know, the moment I read it, I, I, 
I just, I had so much emotion I felt, I knew intuitively what this character was going to be going through because so much of my own experiences matched that. And, and also you kind of, if I can um, yeah. add to what you were just saying, you know, the way that you came to acting, from what you told me, yeah. and what I've read yeah, about yeah. you, yes, <laughs> is, yes. that, is that the way you came to acting was you started acting really when you were very young, oh, yeah. pretending to you know, try to fit in, oh, trying yeah. to fit in. So you were, you were imitating other people to try to fit into the world. Yes. And that's how you, so you started acting by um, pretending to be somebody else. Yes. <laughs> and it's, that's like the full circle of this story yeah. and this role. Um, you had, so you developed all those skills, all those acting skills, and in this role, um, you would, it was taking... And masking it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, inc it's yeah. incredible, you know, from a young age, like, the first thing I remember winning, I want to, winning the poo, like, you know, I was casted as Cinderella at three, because I, I wasn't verbal, but for whatever reason, I enjoyed the acting process, right? Mm -hmm. I, I love watching, like, Disney films, TV, I could watch something over and over and over and just, I would practice it. I would just like rehearse it. And then I could say the lines, you know, like I, I like Phantom of the Opera, oh my God. So, so then like, so my mom from a young age was really clear, like she wanted to groom me and make sure that I, I didn't stick out. Um, and so, you know, in first grade, like uh, they put, uh, you know, I was hyperlexic. Uh, which meant that I didn't speak, and then suddenly I was like reading like nobody's business, and they were like, "This I won the principal's award for most improved that year." <laughs> you know, I had no, I had no understanding what I was reading, but I could read really fast, <laughs> and uh, and so they they wanted me to do the speech. Me and my mom like coached me. It was a Winnie the Pooh monologue, and I won like the first first grade trophy, and we're like, we're looking at this like it's so random. So, so acting for me is a process of hiding all of myself and quirks and things that like, um, like uh, just don't fit into the world. You know, like if, if you know, I can't shake my legs, I can't do this, I can't run around too far. You know, everything was always like so, had to be so controlled out in the world. And it was like, finally, like, it, it, like how it comes full circle. Like Jason said, it was like, wow, here's a role where it's, it's like, not only is, is um, I don't have to hide all of these things, but the world loves me as I am. And that's been this experience. Yeah, and that's something that, I mean, you really, we really feel for Violet especially, and we see her search for love, and, and you sort of, you know, you're, you're, you feel for her and, and you want her to make the right choices and, and you're concerned for her as, as she tries to understand, you know, the real world. And, and it's such a fascinating character. I mean, what, what, what did you make of, of Violet and, and sort of some of her choices and, and her need to sort of find that love and, and the way she goes about trying to find that? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it is, it, like I said, there was just, it was like Jason was writing so much intuitively of things I went through, you know, like I've been left on dates, you know, so some people would, I would be on a date and someone would say, oh, I'm going to the bathroom and then I'm just like, they never come back or I'm stranded. So this, you know, I'm finally married, thank God. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh my God, let me just not mess this one, <laughs> you know. But even on like the date, it was like, you know, like I have a wife, you know, and, and so when she, she, on our first date, she would say, oh, I'm going to go put some 
money in the meter. And she would watch her walk out. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, that was it. That was like, <laughs> you know, or she, she, came, she came back. She came back, yeah. right? And then yeah. we'd have a second date. And then the second date, she would, like, at the end of it, she would say things like, you have, you take care of yourself now. <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, oh, that's it. <laughs> like, I'm never going to see this person again. But she just really wanted you to take care of yourself. <laughs> so, so, I mean, yeah, so it was incredible to go through Violet's arc. And Jason completely wrote this, like, fun, it was so fun, right? Even, like, any actor, can you imagine? But it, it, it like, was a perfect fit. I don't know how you do that. You're such a genius. Like, you write every script, every time I read the scripts, I was, like, so excited. I was, like, something's about to happen. It's so, and I was just with it, with it. And if you watch the show, maybe that's what it is. It's, like, it's so good. <laughs> it's just so good. You're so good at what you do. <laughs> and it's so fun. And, and one of the things, you know, talking again about representation and, and you know, having neurodiverse actors playing neurodiverse characters, but also something else that I think is really great in the case of Violet is uh, representation, Asian American neurodiverse character, which you don't see neurodiverse characters on TV all that often. So seeing an Asian American character, you also don't see all that often on TV. So this is sort of, uh, you know, yeah. a double dose of representation. Oh, and, yeah. and talk about how important that is oh, and, and how, gosh. what that means and maybe yeah. what you've heard from people yeah. uh, in, who have had a chance to see themselves on yeah. this show. I always forget, I forget I'm Asian. I forget, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I didn't realize that until I was like fourth grade, fifth grade, someone said something and it was like, chini chong chong. I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> so I forget, you know, but yeah, this is big deal. This is the first time there's like an Asian American female on the spectrum character wise. It's Groundbreaking, and for you know, for obviously um, you guys to greenlight that, and then Amazon and Universal is like, yeah, let's do this. Like everyone's like, <laughs> let's gung ho because it's so hard, right? It's like so difficult. You don't see lead roles that many lead roles, you know, in any capacity. First of all, on TV, I think it was like less than one percent or something. So whoa, this is like this is a big deal. I know it's it's in my community, like how I grew up is. My mom, like, when I wanted to get married to my wife, she was, she was so mad. She was like, can you not do that until the world can accept it? Because she's so protective, right? She's like an immigrant. She had a really hard life. And so she's always trying to just protect me. Don't stick out. Don't stick out. And then I was like, yeah, but it's never going to change unless some people have to go and change it. So, you know, we went and did our, uh, you know, it wasn't legal yet in the U.S. And then we went to Bali to do the celebration. And then at the time, because of the my Mars One thing, they wrote about it in Taiwanese newspapers. So my mom got, you know, her friends told her. And she got this email. <laughs> she was like, you guys are blind. And I was like, we told you. You didn't want to come. <laughs> and then, you know, we were honeymooned in Paris. And at the time, the U.S. government passed it. And then we, we made it official and came back. I was like, oh, that's a, what a gift, right? So there's a lot of things that, like, for whatever reason, I must just have to... Now we have finally an Asian-American character, and now my mom's like, oh, your dad. <laughs> I think your dad. Because they're starting to... Re they don't recognize that unless they see it in the media, on TV, in films, right? I didn't know I was autistic. And then when I saw Max for the first time in Parenthood, I was like, that's, that's me! <laughs> oh, my God, I'm not alone or weird or... Something's wrong with me. I was just like, something's wrong with me. So I think it's really important that we see a whole spectrum of what is realistic. And then my best friend now from high school, right? From we were kids, we had all these adventures together. It was so fun. 
she, her son, she just had her son, and he's autistic, and she goes, now I know because of how you and I live. It's so funny. We sleep on the I won't tell, I won't go to the stories. I gotta stop. But, but she, she was like, because of you, I know how to be with him and understand him better. So, and she's Asian. She's Vietnamese, so. You guys are making me tear up now, by the way. I'm, I'm the moderator. I'm supposed to hold it together. <laughs> I mean, that shows you, I mean, Jason, how important this is. I mean, I know yeah. we talk about representation a lot, but this is, it's so, it must be so fulfilling to see proof, hear from people uh, who I'm sure come up to you now and say, the show means the world to me because yeah. I finally see either myself or yeah. my family members or my friends <clears throat> yeah. on the screen. Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, there's, it's really important, you know, I, I, it's really hard for me to talk about my own shows as, as important, it's, you know, it's like you're trained not to do that. Because <laughs> you right, you're you also know, being entertaining, you're also yeah, writing stories, which there's is, a lot to Right, exactly, it's, and, um, <clears throat> but I do feel it's really important, you know, I keep coming back to the statistic that there's an 85% unemployment rate for college educated people on the spectrum. And it, it's, that, it, that plagues me because it's just, it's so wrong. And I feel like not only do I know in my gut it's wrong, I've actually proved it's wrong by doing a show, you know? And, um, and so it, there's, that means there's a disconnect <clears throat> between how the world sees uh, uh, and experiences people on the spectrum, especially in adulthood, and other neurodiversity, not just the spectrum. It's a disconnect between how people see um, th this part of our population and who this part of the population is. What, you know, what, what, the, 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 it's, and so literally by putting it out there, it, it, it's, you know, by putting the show, even if the show was not as beautiful as it is, as acted, as portrayed by these, you know, Sue Ann and, you know, these, these wonderful actors, just putting it out there is important um, <clears throat> because it, it just takes away, it, it, it starts to change the narrative of, 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 you know, how we're seeing these people. And it takes, you know, um, you know um, the mystery out of it in a, in a weird way. And um, I mean, I've, and I, as you said, like I've gotten so much, so much response from it, from inside the community, outside the community, Especially from people who like are secondarily sort of like, oh, I have a nephew who's on the spectrum, or I have. Especially from people who are connected to it, but not that closely connected to it, because they really they understand it in a new way, um, and um, so it's been really gratifying. I just love you know, uh, you know, I just love the story so much, and it's one of those shows where the. Um, they're, they're both the making of the story, how we did it, being on set was so beautiful. Um, there was just an incredible culture on the set doing the show. There was a feeling of acceptance. There was something that, you know, I think that Sue Ann and Albert and Rick brought um, <clears throat> that by being so trusting and being so prepared and so open that they, they, they created this feeling on the set that just made it one of the most beautiful sets to work on. Um, and to then see how the show came out. And one of the things I felt like when I watched the show, when I was sitting in the editing room watching it, it was like what you always hope for as a showrunner, what I always hope for 
is that when you see the show, it's better. It's it's not what you it's not what you imagine when you wrote it, but it's more than what you imagine. You know, that's what you hope for, and that's what your goal is as a showrunner, or at least my goal um, is to. And and when I watched it, I was like, like oh my god, you know, I thought I was doing a coming of age story about neurodiversity, and I'm just doing a coming of age story. It's so relatable. I mean, all of their stories. I mean, so many people have told me about a Violet story, when Violet goes through this thing where she thinks she has a boyfriend, she loses her virginity, and it wasn't a boyfriend, and her, that, that pain that she goes through. So many people have told me that they related so deeply to that story. And um, so, you know, it's, you know, that I think is really the beauty of it, is that you relate to the story as humans, you know, it's not about, after a while, it doesn't, it's not about being on the spectrum. It's not about neurodiversity. It's just about going through life and, um, you know, these, you, these, you're just endeared to these characters. And, um, and I think, you know, um, you know, I think the people who, have, I mean, just almost to a person, the people who have found, you know, the show, um, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, 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 um, you know, the show's really sort of delightful. I mean, you know, it, it, it goes to some darker places, you know, and some, I would say, raw places, you know, um, um, but it, but that's balanced against the sort of sense of life and beauty and humor in the show, and it's just, so, for all those reasons, I feel like putting it out there in the world is, 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 is something that's going to sort of help to, maybe even in a small way, help to sort of you know, change the narrative of how we're, we think about people with neurodiversity and people with autism. By the way, what, uh, what's, what's the word on a second season? Um, yeah. Uh, got some. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're hoping, we're fighting, we're waiting, and, but you know, we're definitely, uh, you know, have, I mean, there's no word yet. Yeah. All right, well, write your local <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> do you write Amazon? I don't know what you do. Um, Sue Ann, I have to ask, you briefly mentioned it, uh, and I don't know how many people here know your Mars One story, but Sue Ann was going to go to Mars. Like, that was something you were, yeah, you were, you were signed up for. There was a chance that you might have, like, done this. I mean, which, it's, not, which, it's not that far, like, off in our generation, right? It's, like, super happening. I mean, at the time, Mars One happened. It was like, what? These people are crazy, right? And then now, look, it's like, no, 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 no. Elon Musk is the, because it's privatized, so he doesn't have to deal with all of it. I mean, I could really go into this. I don't know if you want me to start talking about Mars. Oh, my God. We probably don't have a ton, a ton of time, but I, have, yeah, I, I know you mentioned that uh, your, your wife wasn't thrilled with the idea. Oh, she's not thrilled like, at all. So, <laughs> so I'm sure she's happy that, at least for now, it seems like you're, you're still yeah, earthbound. Yeah, I would love to go to space still, though. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Tom Cruise wants to make a movie in space. You guys know about that? I was like, if you need an actor, and <laughs> I think, for one, we start that campaign today. Yeah. You yes. That would be fantastic. Yeah, um, that's perfect. And, uh, but also, you and your wife have a production company together. You, yes. I know you've directed some of her music oh, yes. videos. Yeah, thank so. God for her, because I didn't even know I enjoyed it. Like, you know, she, yeah, 
yeah. So so um, a few years ago, I mean, because she's in a band, she's a, a musician, Cynthia Catania, giving her a plug. <laughs> she's so cute. Her industry. Just, but anyways, we so she started to, um, she had the, all these amazing songs, and she just, they needed videos and photos. And I love, I'm very visual. So I'm much more of a visual learner, like, because I almost have, like, a photographic memory. So I enjoy seeing things um, in certain colors, patterns, you know. Diff so I started to make music videos just for fun, and it was a really great way to understand. Like the first time I went on set as a director, I was like, oh my gosh, this is very tiring. And <laughs> 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 because you're the first one there with your crew, and then you're the last one out, and it was like 100 degrees, and it was so, and then so the actors are really like, when you're an actor on set, you have the easiest gig, you know, just show up on time to your job, and then leave, you know. So it was nice to have my friends, they were like helping to be PAs too. So I started to learn different things and it was really fun. It's, it's, it's all the different, because it it's such a team sport. You know, it's like such a team sport. There's, and the more people you have on board and the more everyone fits into their pieces very well, you start to get really good at it. It's like I can envision, here's, I have this idea, I want to do this, that, that, that. And then the, these people, it's like every project, it just, it, it's mad, it's so amazing, it's like magic. You're basically like a shaman and you're making it all happen, right? You're like, that person goes here, that, pers that piece goes there, and then it comes together. So I love that, that's really fun actually. And then it was so hard to get jobs, acting jobs, I was like, this is gonna be forever. Like maybe, maybe we could like do stuff that we just like act in on our own, you know, then I'm gonna wait around for a million years, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> get casted. Yeah. Well, you can go on YouTube and see some of those videos. Um, do we have time to ask a, have a question or two from the crowd? Yeah, okay, does anyone have, uh, right in front here. Sorry, I'm a little nervous. Um, so I am in an acting class, specifically for neurodiverse people. Um, my teachers are amazing, but the people above us treat us as less than. We're confined to a tiny room. We don't get to use the stage. And it makes us kind of feel like, you know, we should be grateful, just um, have a class that's for us. And I'm saying no, like we deserve to use the stage as much as anybody else in that building. So I was wondering if there was any moment um, related to your career where you had to really advocate for yourself and, you know, how that went. Oh, first of all, uh, you should be on a stage or, you know, that's like ridiculous to me that yeah, you're there's relegated. There's classes in that building and we are the only ones that don't get to use the stage. Which city is this? Oh, it's in Austin? Okay, because there's some great, I mean, I know Elaine with the Miracle Project, um, there's so many, yeah, there, I, would, uh, that, I wouldn't stand for that, that would be upsetting. Um, you get to have a full stage, absolutely. Um, oh, man, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I'm still, it's, oh, I'm still learning how to, because there's a, there's a lot of, uh, because for me, I, I'm not always clear about, you know, outside of acting, what my role is, how much I say or don't say around, you know, like, what's the protocol, right? Like, for instance, like, for the longest time, like, this is a funny example, like, on, on Twitter and Instagram, like, uh, Albert and I didn't have that blue check mark, the verification check mark. Uh -huh. I, mean, I don't care. I was like, whatever, you know, like, whenever that happens. But all my friends are like, no, you guys need to do that so people recognize. I was like, who cares? You know? But then I had this friend, and she's autistic. I helped her um, uh, audition, uh, and she booked this movie with Jean Smart, her first movie. It's really cool. Yeah, she, I'm so excited for her, um, Wildflower. But anyway, so she was like, 
gunning for it. She wouldn't let it go, right? As, as we get. And, and she was an incredible advocate. To, and then she was like, well, if you just, if you asked, you know, ask Amazon because the PR. And I was like, okay, okay, I'll send an email. And then th yesterday they did it <laughs> for <laughs> Apple and I. So now we have the blue check marks. <laughs> so, so, so sometimes it's about having friends that like, because that's not an instance where I would keep, and that, that stuff maybe does, it does affect if you're going to get hired, how if casting directors see you, blah, 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 on and on, right? So I think you gotta stick together, right? You gotta stick together with your peoples that uh, like like you have to have a community. Like I love helping other actors, and other actors uh, they'll come in and help me in the most unexpected ways to have that community. And then if you guys in class, you guys all stick up, I think you should say something because you deserve to have a stage and be in rotation. That's ridiculous that you're not. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. So. Where uh, you deserve to be on that stage, definitely. Yeah. Um, time for one more question. If someone, uh, yes, sir. Uh, my wife and I love this show. We, uh -huh. we just couldn't wait for the next episode, and we're dying to know about the next season. But I wanted to say, I think that your support of ATX over the years, from Friday Night Lights to Parenthood to this show, all of your shows have this great collection of individuals who you let you give them the rain to interact with each other. And this the value of this show to me is that it's teaching ability for the general public and what it shows the general public about the spectrum. Mm. Now, we hear the term the spectrum all the time, but it, the idea mm. is the spectrum means that there are these individuals who fall at different mm -hmm. stages and they are their own people, so it's a mm. wonderful, wonderful mm. show. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much. Thank you. Maybe we have time. Okay, yeah, yeah, we're good. Um, you all saw that door just open on its own, right? All right, so apparently the ghost of the Did that just happen? I've been waiting all night for this. You have been listening to the TV Campfire Podcast, hosted by ATX TV co-founders Emily Gibson and Caitlin McFarland, and produced and edited by Sarah Light. This conversation was recorded live at ATX TV Festival Season 11 in Austin, Texas, between June 2nd and 5th, 2022. For more information on the festival and becoming an ATX TV member, follow us at ATX Festival or visit atxfestival.com.